0: A podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. You guys like all the content right here on The OK Fabe Show and want to help support the show even further, check out the Patreon page for a ton of cool bonus goodies, including early access to The OK Fabe Show before everyone else and exclusive audio-only content, including fantasy booking videos, retro pay-per-view reviews, and, of course, a month early access to The Wrestling Retrospective. Head over to patreon.com slash okfabe and join for as little as a dollar a month to get in on all the goodies. listening To the OK Fabe Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, AKA OK Fabe. What's going on, everybody? Is yours truly Connor, AKA? Oh, Hey, Fabe, and welcome, guys! Here to your episode of the OK Fabe Show. We're going to be reviewing NXT and AEW Dynamite. It is the Wednesday Night War right here on the OK Fabe Show. Thank you, guys, so much for tuning in. Whether you're, of course, watching us here on YouTube, Facebook, or of course, downloading us on all your favorite audio podcasting platforms—Anchor, iTunes, Podbean, or excuse me, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and maybe even coming soon to Pandora. We got a lot to discuss here. A lot of heavy stuff war game season is right around the corner man did nxt make that promise plus we saw the crowning of the first ever aew tag team champions what a night this was a very tough one to call as far as which show won for the week but i definitely have my opinions on it we got a lot to dissect here and i can't wait to talk about with you guys here right now of course, you guys know the routine, you guys know the whole shtick, love to hear what you guys have to say, so let me know your thoughts, if you guys are joining us right here in the chat, uh, right here live on youtube.com, of course, you hit me up on Facebook and all those other platforms I mentioned earlier, oh, or on Twitter, at OKFabe, always live, tweeting with you guys, always do enjoy, so if you guys are new here, hit that sub button and hit that bell so you're notified every time we go live and every time a video drops in your subscription feed, always cool to make sure to interact with you guys. Of course, if you guys want to help support the stream, streamlabs, and Super Chat links are both enabled, but of course, you can also pick up some merch over at our Represent store, including the new Every Night is Wrestling Night OK Fabe sure that's available now at the Represent store. Link is in the description. Make sure you guys go get it while you still can. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones, honestly, and it's uh, one that's actually doing very well, so make sure you guys get it while you can. It's not just Wednesday night, folks. It's Every Night is Wrestling Night, because there's so much wrestling nowadays, and it's all good stuff. Of course, we also got our Patreon page. We got some cool bonus goodies, including a and a coming at you at the end of next month plus some bonus goodies like well retro pay-per-view reviews other topics that you guys want me to talk about that i don't talk about here head over to patreon check it out for as little as a dollar a month check it out links as always are in the description box below of course I'll also be checking my twitter feed throughout the show so make sure you guys hit up that poll and uh check it out and take and let me know what you guys think or which show won and it was interesting because it's a funny story before i even get into the thick of things here (laughs) <laughs> I created the poll early today on Twitter saying who won for the week. Was it AEW? Was it NXT? Both shows are great or both shows were garbage. And it's really funny that like I got like 30 something votes before both shows even aired. It was the funniest thing to see like, you know, people like people were already praising dynamite or that both shows are great right now. AEW dynamite's got the lead with 56% of the poll, but it's funny that just people were already voting before neither show had aired for the week so I just I thought that was kind of comical but any case let's talk about both shows and let's start with NXT this week so NXT had a lot of things going for it this week and let me just go ahead and adjust my screen here there we go bam let's start with NXT this week so NXT of course Full Sail University had a lot going for it and really though we only had a few matches announced the big one at least going into the show before the main event was announced right before, was the uh, the women's tag team title match. So Asuka and Kairi Sane, the Kabuki Warriors, taking on Dakota Kai. <coughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. I had a little bit of a thring in my throat there. Uh, before taking on Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox for the women's tag team title. Excuse me. I had a little bit of a, uh, ca- a t- frog in my throat there. We did have other matches announced, and I got to tell you, I think tonight was definitely the night of freaking tag team wrestling. I mean, holy crap, there was so much tag team wrestling between both shows, but I I think that NXT had some really good things going forward, and not necessarily in-ring stuff, although their in-ring quality was very, very good. So let's talk really quickly about some of the results for NXT and then maybe when we'll have a chance to listen to what you guys have to say about all this. And we, of course, got a lot of you guys in the chat. We got Gabriel's ready to play. We've got uh, Daniel Price, Vintage Dream. What's going on, Vintage? We got Chad Kerwin. Uh, we got Michael Mugner in the chat. And who else we got? We got Olay, Sammy Olay, Jet the Hawk, Sean Gordon. I think I hit everybody that is in the chat right now. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And make sure if you haven't checked out the Raw review, it is up on the channel. And uh, hopefully on those audio platforms soon. I'm actually surprised it hasn't hit that there. But anyway, let's talk about NXT. NXT to me had a couple of strong things going for it. And it's really, you know, it's really about the War Games. You know, War Games is the next big event right around the corner. It's going to be Survivor Series weekend, so we got about another month or so to build into that. But really, that was, that was the thing I was waiting for, you know, war games and the build-up to the next TakeOver. And this is the first time that we've had NXT on USA Network to build towards a major TakeOver. And it was very interesting to see this all play out. And, and really, the one thing I was praising NXT about so much recently is is the fact that they've been building the women's division. The women's division has been one of the best things they've been doing right now with building so many different characters like Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, uh, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Shayna Baszler. They're really putting a lot of focus on building that women's division. And now we know exactly why they're building that women's division. It's because of war games. Now, there was interesting little tidbits that we thought, you know, we're coming into war games we're gonna get a war games match in some way, shape, or form, but nonetheless, surprised that we're possibly gonna be getting two, you know, not just one, we're getting two war games matches. So, of course, the big thing to talk about is the fact that uh Asuka and Kyrie Sane unfortunately are depending on how you want to look at it, they were able to successfully retain the tag team titles against Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in one hell of a tag team wins match, a match that I think got the longest amount of uh, airtime tonight. I think it was pretty much the longest match of the entire evening. And while they came up short in the tag team title rates, oh no, it didn't take too long for, of course, Shayna Baszler and company to to, of course, exact their revenge. So not too long afterwards, uh, the horsewomen come in, they go right to town. Knox goes right after uh, Shayna Baszler, but of course, numbers game, get to her. Then, of course, we see it set up in Zaguri. Rhea Ripley comes in like a bat out of hell. She marches to the ring, but Io cuts her off, and then they brawl, and then comes Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, and just everyone starts brawling until William Regal does one of the best things he's done, uh, and one of the best things he ever does when he comes to announcing matches. He just says, I'm going to have a simple solution to this. War games. That's it. Crowd goes berserk, and apparently we have our women's war games match. Now it's weird because I don't know exactly who's on what team. Although if I'm if I'm got if I have this right, and I could be wrong here, it would be Baszler and the Horsewomen with Io Shirai against Rhea Ripley. It would be Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. Candice LeRae and then either Tegan Knox and or uh, Dakota Kai right so it would be yeah so we need like a fifth woman on that one because I, I was kind of figuring out I'm like I don't think I'm like I'm trying to think if there's if there's more to it here than that or or you know there's one woman missing and maybe I missed it maybe you guys can let me know but we finally have for the first time ever a women's war games match crowd aided up and rightfully so they should and I'm very happy for this for a bunch of different reasons I think that obviously, I think it was safe to say that at some point in time, we were going to get a women's war games match. With all the women's revolution stuff that WWE has been doing lately in the last couple of years with the women main eventing WrestleMania, having the Royal Rumble, money in the bank, uh, main eventing this, main eventing that, first ever these matches. Hell, we just found out earlier today that at Crown Jewel they're going to have the first ever women's match at Crown Jewel. Obviously, WWE is very big on putting women at the forefront of a lot of their stuff, so it's no shock and surprise that they were eventually going to do a women's war games match. I I personally think it's not only a good idea for great in-ring quality stuff and what the women have been able to deliver. We saw a fantastic performance earlier with Candice LeRae and uh, Io Shirai with... um, Poppy is her name, doing the, uh, doing the entrance music, which I knew nothing about Poppy, by the way, but I am instantly a fan from hearing her music. So very happy, very cool to see her at, the, uh, at um, Full sale. But again, the big thing is you're building that women's division. You can't tell me that a year or two ago you'd be able to pull this off. There's no way. you know. And I've, I've said this before in different reviews that like the women's division in NXT was in, I don't want to say shambles, but it wasn't... It wasn't as prominent as it was when Asuka left. When Asuka left, there was a bit of a void with with the women's division in terms of just like the depth of the division. There really wasn't any. I mean, granted, you had other women like Candice LeRae and others, but there weren't as prominent stars as they are now. That being said, now we have enough depth in the division to be able to pull this off. And it makes me happy because, hey, this actually now means something. Again, they couldn't do this last year. There's no way you'd be able to pull this off last year. But either way, really cool to see a war games match for the women. I'm excited for it. I think that the way it should work, and maybe this is just me, they did announce that Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler would be the team captains of their opposite teams. But they're um But I think the way if it was me, I would try to do maybe have the babyface team against Baszler where like the whoever's the last woman standing, if there is one, if it's a elim- I don't even think it's elimination, but Maybe they get a shot at the Women's Championship or something like that, you know? We've seen something sort of like that, if, but I, I doubt they're going to make an elimination or anything like that. But any case, uh, let, we'll talk more about NXT in just a second. I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll talk more NXT and some AEW. NXT right here on the OK Fabe Show. Yes, I do see a lot of you guys in the chat saying that you'd like to see the return of Halloween Havoc. And seriously, I'd be right there with you guys. I do miss that pay-per-view. Even just bringing the set, which made me really nervous when they were talking about doing Crown Jewel on Halloween night. So I'm like, oh, jeez, I hope they don't turn this into Halloween Havoc. Please don't turn it into Halloween Havoc. But anyway, I'm very excited about the Women's War Games match. I think it's great because it helps build the division. And we get ourselves a pretty sweet War Games match, depending on how it works out. I kind of hope that... It'd be kind of neat to integrate the women's championship in some way with it, in terms of maybe the last woman standing, like I said, gets a women's title shot. I don't know, but either way, should be fun. Another spotlight for the women to really kick ass and take names. I have a weird feeling they're gonna really do a good job with this War Games match. But we'll see when War Games comes around town in a few weeks time. Let's see here. Moving on to some more stuff with NXT. Uh, We did have some some interesting other matches, including Shane Thorne versus Bronson Reed. I didn't really know much about Bronson Reed, but I did become a fan when... This match took place. I actually surprised this match win as long as it did. And to truth be told, I thought with Shane Thorne's like recent, you know, rumblings with Johnny Gargano and whatnot, I thought Thorne was going to get the win here and get the push. But surprisingly, no. Bronson Reed, who is a much bigger individual and maybe not as agile, still proved his power and dominance against Shane Thorne. So I still enjoyed the matchup either way. But I'm telling you, one of the big things, two, one of the other big things that really made me love NXT this week. Besides the Women's War Games match that was announced was the promo from the newly freshly minted heel Finn Balor. And I got to tell you, you know, Finn Balor is one of those guys where for a while, more so outside of NXT, obviously more in the main roster than than NXT, but really wasn't given a chance to be, uh, you know, spotlighted aside from the Universal Championship match uh, at SummerSlam, which he got injured at. Kind of became an entrance he really didn't you know have a chance to really speak too much on the mic because he was a baby face there really wasn't much for him to say he was all smiles and then the demon character and it was what it was but i'm telling you i am so happy he's a heel now because and, and if if there is any doubt whatsoever of how good he is as a heel you need to listen to his promo from tonight's nxt he comes out to his regular music. He comes out in his regular outfit um, with a spotlight focused on him, which Maro and I made sure to point out very clearly. And says, It's funny how things change. He goes, Two months ago, I was laying down for a guy who was the hottest thing in the business just because he put on a mask. He goes, Well, I just took off my mask. And now I'm the hottest thing in wrestling. I'm like, Ooh, you have my attention, good sir. Goes, everyone's got their opinions, the fans, the office, the locker room, Twitter, tough guys. He goes, the problem with this business is there are too many people backstage who should be sitting in the stands. He doesn't watch this business. The business watches him. And as far as Johnny Gargano's concerned, he heard he got out of the hospital. And if he steps up to Finn, uh, well, he'll just send him right back. And then he won't be Johnny Wrestling. He'll be Johnny Watches Wrestling just the way it should be. It wasn't too much, it was honestly probably a shorter promo compared to a lot of the other ones we see in WWE and sometimes NXT, but it was just the right balance of why he attacked Gargano, his vindictiveness, and I almost guarantee there is a huge chunk of truth to this as far as his frustration with everything, and I'm loving it. Now, I don't know if this means we're never going to see the demon with him as a heel character, which... I don't understand why you would see him as a heel. I, I know I tweeted it out when everything was happening that like, oh, I can't wait to see heel demon. I don't think that's going to happen because the demon's a babyface gimmick and a babyface character. So the idea is that you, you want to get booed. You want to get people hating you so you don't give them what they want. And that's really what people would want to see. So I think that we're going to get a regular Finn Balor for a long time, which is fine by me. Fine by me. Hell of a promo. Can't wait to see what happens next, especially with the return of Johnny Wrestling or possibly Johnny Watches Wrestling. That'd be crazy. Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes, of course, having a uh, grudge match from a couple weeks ago where, of course, we saw uh, Cameron Grimes lose to Matt Riddle in one of my favorite matches from uh, last week's NXT. And this was really fun because this was much similar to Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes, but it was definitely more ground and pound. This was your... British European style grapple style match where these two guys were just doing a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of stiff movements, and really your your grappling aspect, which was interesting because there was no cruiserweight action this week, no cruiserweight championship. We did see a spotlight video, um, Ajo Garza from the cruiserweight division, but really no no cruiserweight uh, action this week on NXT. Which, given the fact they put so much time on the women, it's understandable uh, at least for this week because you have to build up the War Games match, right? But a hell of a match between Bate and Cameron Grimes, another one I definitely recommend you checking out. Of course, we got a distraction from Killian Dane, who appeared at ringside. The distraction costs Bate, who finally enters in into a cave so Grimes get the win, which I'm actually happy for, you know, as much as I do like Tyler Bate, I think Grimes needs some really strong victories as of late, uh, even though Tyler Bate, I know, is the first UK champion, been former tag team champion, like, I want to I wanna see some, you know, other guys come into the fray, so I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, Dane swoops right in and, and does a cannonball on the steel steps, and yells into Bates' face that Pete Dunne and him have some unfinished business. So maybe we might see another uh, brawl between Pete Dunne and Killian Dain, which, listen, again, I'm all for the UK guys invading. It's interesting that we're seeing less of them, though. There's not as many uh, UK guys as was before, which is fine. I mean, we have, you know, Walter and Imperium doing their own thing on the UK brand, but I do like the sprinkling of some UK talent every once in a while in in NXT, because again, two hours kind of need to fill some content, you know what I mean? Of course we got our main event Keith Lee and Matt Riddle versus the Undisputed Era very solid tag team action between both teams again given a whole lot of time uh, this one of course kind of typical ending as you would expect because the rest of the Undisputed Era came running on in and of course gets a distraction to allow Bobby Fish to get a powerbomb set up with the ref checking on what's happening on the outside he slips free hits a total elimination and of course Undisputed Era gets the win. Era swarms in on both men but of course here comes Champa to make the save he sends Cole over the top throws a Crutch at O'Reilly, which was just brutal. I think yeah, I thought he was like tripping him up on the on the apron on the way down. Uh, Riddle and Lee end up ca- throwing Kyle onto his uh, teammates outside the faces stand in the ring and Champa goes to pick up the belt, but pauses and says my favorite line of the entire evening quote. Goldie, you're gonna have to wait. Daddy's going to war and throws the mic at the Undisputed Era. Adam Colden reluctantly grabs the NXT championship, which basically implies that we're not gonna have just one War Games match this year. Monfrayer, no, no, we're gonna have two. Which. Again, Undisputed Era has been so dominant as of late, it's surprising that we wouldn't get this type of match, and with Finn Balor seeming to challenge Johnny Gargano, looks like the War Games card to start to slowly fill in, and I'm telling you, I am excited. You know, when, when NXT announced that War Games was coming back under their, their umbrella, I mean, you cannot tell me how happy I was uh, to, to see the return of a classic match and utilized the right way. Looks like we're gonna get ourselves a second War Games match, but my question is, who could be that fourth person? Could it be Johnny Wrestling? Could it be Velveteen Dream? Could it be Dominic Dijakovic? I can't even pronounce his last name. Maybe. We'll know. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about all this. What you guys thought of NXT, your favorite moment, favorite match, as we roll right into the other show for the week. And that is, of course, our good friends over at AEW Dynamite. Now, before we get to that, I do want to like give a chat some shout out to the chat real quick. Um, and I just want to give some love here. Yes, NWA also getting some love in the chat. Yes, I did see episode four. It was actually live in the chat during NWA Power this week. And yes, we will be doing some NWA Power reviews coming to the channel. You'll be getting access to it on Patreon before everybody else. I just got to catch up a little bit on the review. So make sure you guys keep your eyes peeled on Patreon. And all the more reason why you should be subscribed to the channel. So that way, as soon as it's out, it'll be out here. And it'll also be available on an audio platform, too. But NXT definitely killed it this week. But how did AEW Dynamite do? Again, we had the crowning of new tag team and first ever tag team champions. We also had a lot of other tag team action and also some Halloween theme with some costumes and some Rick and Morty involvement, which of course, you guys know me, I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And I think that the first thing I just want to get off my chest as far as AEW Dynamite is concerned is the fact that, you know, a lot of times when you see wrestling doing like the Halloween gimmicks or like the you know the holiday gimmick X shows, they sometimes either do it too corny or they do it too much and i feel like aew found itself a proper balance you had only i think about two matches that really focused on the halloween stuff they put the importance of the tag team titles really up high they built towards full gear more um i really enjoyed that it was it was there it was obviously there if you didn't catch aew dynamite this week but it was just the right amount of there. It wasn't too crazy. I thought, honestly, the best friend stuff had me rolling with with uh, Orange Cassidy and the six man tag. That was, you know, again, I have a soft spot for just goofy stuff. And man, you can't tell me that seeing three guys dressed up as Rick and Morty, especially a guy like Orange Cassidy who just seemingly has zero expression. It's it's funny to me. Like I know some people don't like the orange Cassidy gimmick, which I still don't understand. It's just one of those things where it's just so ridiculous. It's 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 over, and he gets ridiculous reactions. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch this week's. It's insane to hear what he was able to get away with. It's absolutely crazy. But we did see a lot of great buildup. Of course, we saw the show opening with Tony Schiavone standing in front of a plane talking about tonight's contract signing between Cody and Jericho. Uh, Of course, Dustin and Cody embrace, and they go a walk off and talk about the match. And then we see the full gear matches that are announced. We know that we're going to see Pac and Paige, Moxley Omega, and of course, we see a nice long single where Mox argues with Tony Khan behind closed doors about his match now being an unsanctioned and not counting towards win or loss records. Now, I find this very interesting because it hasn't been until recently that AEW has been implementing, you know, the win-loss record thing, which, again, is something we heard about at the beginning when they were launching this and saying, you know, it would be used to evaluate championship matches, which unfortunately stinks for Moxley that his match with Omega is now an unsanctioned one because, of course, of the draw that happened last week where... There was no winner, and he got a zero. You know, didn't get a win and didn't get a loss either. So it kind of sucked for Moxley, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But what an opening match between Paige and Sammy Guevara! Absolutely incredible. Both men looked fantastic. Honestly, this to me, as great as Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai was in NXT, this matchup was far superior. And to me, as much as I love Sammy Guevara and love that they're implementing a you know a younger talent, the whole Inner Circle group and the whole heel group. Page is a superstar. And I know that he was, you know, challenging for the AEW World Title against Jericho and he's been in the title or you know, seemingly in the title picture. I'm telling you it's not going to be a matter of if he's going to win the World Title, it's a matter of when. It's it's going to be only a matter of time before Adam Hangman Page wins that AEW World Championship because the way he carries himself, the way he looks, he does remind me of a modern-day Magnum TA, but he definitely has a world title potential. If there was a mid-card title right now, you bet your bottom dollar I think Paige should get it 110%. It's just something about the way he performed with Sammy Guevara that was just... I could see him being a big deal in AEW, if he, more so than he is already. And just I couldn't explain what it was, but there was just something about how over he was. And Sammy Guevara looked amazing. Both men looked great. It was just a great opening match. Page then gets on the mic and says that things have been going real good for him lately, but tonight felt good in full gear. He's going to do some real cowboy shit and take Pac's head off. Uh, hey, listen, get those two guys in the ring. I'm going to be happy, camper. Hikura Shida versus Shanna one-on-one. Uh, unfortunately, was not my cup of tea. It wasn't my cup of tea as far as... Uh, you know in-ring action it wasn't the worst match I'm not saying it was a horrible match by any stretch of the imagination but just, it wasn't really it re- really wasn't for me you know it, it was a very slow building matchup it did pick up things towards the end but the finish just, just felt seemingly out of left field so I was kind of on the fence about this one I know some people definitely liked it I've had I had a guy uh, talking to me on Twitter who was actually there, and he said it was a hell of a matchup. And again, maybe it's just me, but uh, maybe you guys feel differently. Uh, Shay, uh, excuse me, uh, me Akura with the win here with a sliding knee, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Maybe it's your guys's. I just didn't feel like it was... I don't know, really just wasn't wasn't there for that one. We got some more love in the chat right here. We got, of course, the Horny Goat Network, Gorilla Strong, saying he really enjoyed AEW tonight, 8 out of 10. Uh, the mixed promo was great. Uh, Brandy is all kind of messed. And yes, I'm going to talk about that whole Brandy Rhodes thing in a second. Uh, hey, Connor, watch some old war games from NWA, WCWC, how war games are, used to be right. Yes, Michael, I have watched almost every original war games match from the NWA, WCW days. You can't... You can't top the old school stuff. Uh, My favorite personally was, it was the Horsemen versus, I'm trying to remember which team it was. I think it was like the first one where it was Dusty, the Road Warriors. Was it Luger or Nikita Koloff? I can't remember. But the very first one they did was one of my favorites. Uh, Boogie trained that boy right, uh, yes, Boogie did indeed, thank you Gorilla Strong, yes, I have heard that he's a very nice guy, so thank you for that, of course, what's up, Daniel Price, Michael Mooner in the chat, what's going on guys, and of course, Matt the Misfit, I'm not for a second War Games match, surprising Matt, I I thought Matt the Misfit would be all up for that, but uh, Love to see it. Balor painted up as a heel in New Japan. I do, yes. I know that Balor did paint up as a heel, but I think that in WWE, if for him to be a heel, you can't do the demon. No demon if you want to make him booed. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. But let's see what else we got going on here. Uh, AEW had, of course, a very weird video segment with Brandy Rhodes where she puts on like a tiny hat and some magic mascara. And of course, she's like also like summoning Awesome Kong, which I have to say, I think if she's going for a heel gimmick, man you hit the right one you know Brandy who could act as like the entitled um, woman of AEW because she's married to the you know executive vice president she has this huge muscle and awesome Kong I think that's just a uh, a clever move what I also thought was a clever move was what they did with the Rock and Roll Express so of course we saw Ricky and Robert out with the AEW tag team titles which for the record out of all the titles they have in AEW those are my favorite design championships out of all of them that, those are my favorites but they come out with, of course, they're, of course, going to be introduced in the tag team titles. And it doesn't take long before, you know, Santana Ortiz blindside them from behind, beat the crap out of them, and bomb 63-year-old Ricky Morton through the stage. Of course, Young Bucks come and try to make the save, and Ortiz and Santana run away. I think this was genius. Yes, it's been done before. Yes, it's been done to death. But I think it was a smart move because it continues the buildup between Santana, Ortiz, and the Young Bucks. You know the Rock and Roll Express can sell well. Hell, they're still going strong at 63 years of age. I mean, it's a perfect blend of everything together. I thought it was a win across the board. Although I am looking forward to seeing Ricky and Robert over in the NWA or back in the NWA very, very soon. Over on Power, you'll see why in a few weeks. So anyway, we cut back to another segment with Cody and Tony Schiavone. Of course, they're in the limo going to the arena to get ready for that contract signing. And Tony tells him a story about meeting Dusty Rhodes and, of course, learning that the star always comes out last. Cody talks about how his mom is here tonight. And he can't stop thinking about how many times she saw his dad work. And, of course, we cut back to the ring. And we get my favorite Rick and Morty segment with Best Friends and Orange Cassie getting the win over Strong Zero, uh, as we saw from Best Friends and John Silver. And, again, it's just basically a very fun six-man tag with Best Friends and Orange Cassie dressed up like rick and morty again i'm not gonna say anything negative about this because it's the 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 combination of best friends and orange cassie in and of itself is a comedy gimmick so if you're gonna do halloween you're gonna have a partnership with rick and morty hell you heard rick and morty announce them to the ring how fun is that and I'm sure people are probably going to crap on this and crap on me for thinking it, but damn it all, I thought it was a fun little segment. Fun little match. It was just the right amount of balance. For me, anyway. So coming back, we see Cody Rhodes pulling up in the limousine, and he takes his spot, and of course, Tony Schiavone introduces them and put the contract in front of Cody. And we see Jericho also making his entrance with a full Halloween suit. Gotta love that. And I don't mean, like, Halloween costume. I mean, he has a suit jacket with pumpkins all over it, so you gotta love that. Tony introduces him, puts a contract in front of Cody. He signs, and the contract is passed to Jericho, who fakes out a confrontation before saying, "This match is too important to flip a table over, a powerbomb roads over. It's the biggest match in AEW history, the biggest pro wrestling match this year, and the biggest match of Cody's career. Because if he wins, he'll be what he always wanted—a world champion." But if he loses, it might prove to Cody that all these millennial jackasses here tonight that he's not as good as he thinks he is, and so he's going to sign the contract and show Cody what it's like to be a loser. They get up and square up, and Chris puts over how serious they're treating this and offers Rhodes a hand. Cody shakes but refuses to let go and pulls him in close. Rhodes says something like, "We can't quite hear. I couldn't quite get the whole thing of it." And uh, Jericho takes off his glasses before saying that he can be there all night, but he might need to be needed. He might be needed elsewhere. And of course, the screen behind him comes to life with, of course, Guevara, uh before panning to Jake Hager, just beating the crap out of Dustin Rhodes and slamming him to the car. near to the gentleman's area, Jake slams Dustin's arm in the back door, and then Cody and, of course, MJF come in to make the save. Jericho smokes a cigar and jokes how they should have taken Dustin to the hospital before bidding everyone a happy Halloween and driving him off to send us to break. So, again, you want to build up that animosity, and I do like the fact that you didn't really get major... Um, you know, you didn't get the table flipping. You didn't get the classic cliche uh, WWE build for a contract signing, and rather, Jericho, like a wise man, attacking the family member and going after him, and again, building that tension more. Smart stuff. I mean, I know we're only about a week or so away from AEW full gear, but hey, pretty decent build to that. I'm not going to lie. Speaking of some fun stuff, we do see Kip Sabin and a hybrid two, Angelico and Jack Evans, at- taking on the elites, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. And of course, he'll. Um, we see, uh, we see Kenny Omega in a full, uh, well, I don't want to say full video game gear. I'll just say you have to go see it to check it out. It's really cool stuff as far as seeing that goes. Uh, but a fun six-man tag. Honestly, you know, when I hear six-man tag team matches, because of me being conditioned by WWE so much, I don't usually am like popping for them. But I'll tell you, this was a fun six-man tag with crazy action all about. You kind of figured the Elite was going to get the win here with, of course, Omega and the Young Bucks having the higher-profile matches of the pay-per-view. But damn it all, if it wasn't a fun one to be had and just shows the great athleticism, Jack Evans, to me, was the real big star of the whole thing, uh, which I really appre- I-, I really liked. So, again, they just uh, – it just really put the whole thing together, which I thought was really cool. Of course, what I also thought was really cool is that the that the Bucks are celebrating right outside the ring afterwards. They're, of course, uh, high-fiving fans, and there's two fans with Rick and Morty masks on, and they go to high-five the Bucks, and then they grab the hands, and, of course, they just start beating the crap out of them because it's Ortiz and Santana dressed up again. And I thought what was really funny was when the Young Bucks go to, like, jump the guardrail to go after them, they try to throw the chairs that Ortiz and Santana were sitting on, but they were, like, zip-tied together, and then Omega tries to, like, almost seem to do the same thing, but, like, you can't they zip tied together what good are they going to do although part of me wanted me to see them actually take up the the chairs like super glued together and just beat the crap out of ortiz and santana but you know maybe we'll we'll save that for next week but anyway we see back from commercial the librarians make their entrance peter avalon shushes the crowd and says it's halloween time it means it's appropriate for all of us to to for us to uh hideous monsters to look the way we do he and Leva Bates of course were at the university library and They discover that this place is just rotten Of course, it doesn't take long for them to be interrupted by none other than John Moxley who of course comes through the crowd and Hits a paradigm shift He gets on the mic and says that the match that everyone wants to see at full gear Omega Moxley is now unsanctioned That means no time limits, no countouts, no DQ, and no rules, and that's all well and good But then they tell them that it's a match officially doesn't count It'll be stricken from the record book. Technically, it'll never ever have happened. So, in other words, when Moxie beats Boy, we're gonna get just pretend like it never happened. He knows what's happening. AEW wants to treat him like a freak and an outsider and keep him in his little box. He's been dealing with it his whole life. These suits, these yes men puppets, telling him he's a different kind of cat, and he doesn't know how he's being ins- and like he doesn't know he's being insulted. Well, he ain't stupid, and this is how it's going to be. AEW can take their win-loss records and shove it because the the fact that he's the baddest, sickest SOB in this game, and there ain't no soul in AEW that can prove him wrong. They want unsanctioned? He's unsanctionable. I smell a T-shirt. You think he's out of control? You ain't seen nothing yet. Be careful what you wish for because at full gear, is going to beat Kenny Omega with an inch of his life. Beautiful wrestling violence like has not been seen in this country for decades and got a message for the exec that don't want to sanction him. He marches to the beat his own drum, kisses his ass, and stay the hell out of his way. So there's a lot to dissect with that with that John Moxley thing, and I kind of it's cool yet not at the same time, and I'll tell you tell you why I, I I think it's a mix. On one hand, it's pissed off John Moxley. He's gonna buck the system and go after everybody, and he's just gonna he's just gonna charge down everybody and do whatever the hell he wants. I want to know why he cares about the, the 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 fact that it's an unsanctioned match. He tells us he's frustrated, but he's never made it clear that he wants the AEW World Championship, which, if that's what he wants, which I would assume anyone in their right mind would want. Then again, Moxley's not in his right frame of mind. I say it. Say that his goal is to is to is to go after the AEW World Championship. Say that that ultimately thing, but this 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 jerk Kenny Omega thinks he's the hottest thing in wrestling. Blah blah blah. But like, you're not really giving us a reason why it shouldn't matter to him. It shouldn't matter if the match doesn't count to him or not. I don't understand why they're putting so much time into thinking it should matter to him. His goal should be to beat the crap out of Kenny Omega. Period. At least that's what I've been gathering from from. From his run so far in AEW, he was supposed to have a match with Omega. It got canceled because he was hurt, and then Omega ran his mouth. Why would Moxley, unless I missed a part? Maybe there was a part that he said something or inferred that that's what his goal was. But realistically, his goal should be the to be the AEW World Champion. If you want to tie it into this whole thing about the suits not caring about him and not like you know putting the 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 obstacles against him, which is Authority 3.0 at this point, but whatever. Then just say that Then say like, listen, I came here to AEW because I was not treated fairly. I am a uh, a loose cannon. I can prove to you that I can be the best and the toughest SOB in this business. And I'll prove it by winning that AEW world title. But I can't do that if all these suits and all these jackoffs try to do these things where they try to screw me over again. And that's how you can tie it all in. But the fact that he's just so pissed off that the match doesn't count is just bizarre to me unless it means that he's using it to get to that world title. That's the only way it makes any sense to me. Um, Because to me, if Moxley really – like again, to me, Moxley's ultimate – Goal, at least right now, is just to beat the piss out of Kenny Omega. So it's just, it's a weird situation. I thought the delivery was great. I thought the crowd popped for it. It's pissed off Jon Moxley and had some really cool little sayings. But when you really like think about why he's mad, it's, I, I just don't, that's what I don't understand. It's just confusing. But we round out this other round of tag team action with, of course, the crowning of the first ever AEW tag team champions as SCU takes on the Lucha Brothers. And I'll be damned if I was wrong about that, too. Surprisingly, SCU gets the win and becomes the AEW world tag team champions. And I'm not saying that I'm surprised because I don't think they deserve it. I absolutely think they deserve it. They 110% do Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Hell of a tag team, hell of a performers, absolutely deserve it. Uh, I was just shocked. I thought the Lucha Brothers would be the one to be the first tag team champions. But again, like I've told you guys the last couple of weeks, this tag team division is on point and it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens in the future. But it was a fun matchup between both teams, a lot of near falls, a lot of craziness, a lot of two-on-one scenarios sprinkles around this match where one member, usually of SCU, gets taken out and then comes back triumphantly for the end. But either way, it was still a matchup that you definitely need to see. I thought Ray Phoenix, to me, was the personal hero of this whole thing. Great performances by all, but uh, also we got a small package. Apparently, SCU won via pinfall with a small package with Scorpio Sky to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. Lizzie never rule out a small package. You never, never rule out a small package. That's going to get quoted, I'm sure. But anyway, hell of a show from AEW, but of course the big question is which show won for the week. Both shows I thought were fantastic. Both shows were tremendous to me because there was a lot to like about both of them. There was a lot to enjoy about both shows, obviously. I think if you're looking at in-ring quality, I think AEW has NXT up on by just a smidget here. You had a lot of crazy tag team matches. You had a lot of tag team matches, actually. You had two six-man tags. Then you have, of course, the opening tag team, co- or the uh, the tag team title match. Strong women's matches. Hangman Page and Sammy Guevara was great. I also did enjoy the contract signing, so a lot of build going into full gear. But unfortunately, if you guys are not fans of NXT, you're probably going to hit that dislike button because I thought NXT won for the week. And the main reasons NXT, I thought, won for the week was because now we're getting the bill towards war games. And specifically, we're obviously getting the bill towards war games with the women, war games with the men, and also an incredible, although brief, Finn Balor heel promo. To me, those things were really the big standouts for NXT this week. Not to say that NXT didn't have good in-ring stuff. I thought both women's matches were very, very strong. Cameron Grimes and Tyler Bate was another strong candidate. And even the main event with Keith Lee and and, um, uh, Matt Riddle against the Undisputed Era. Although I obviously was more of a fan of the AEW tag team title match, it was still a very good match overall. So tough one for sure this week, but I'm going to give the win to NXT. But maybe that's just me, guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say about all this. Let me know your thoughts about what you guys thought about NXT and AEW Dynamite this week. hit me up in the comment section on the social media Facebook Twitter and all that stuff who won for the week and which show uh, which show had the better match moment all that stuff are you looking forward to full gear or are you looking forward to take over war games Love me hear your thoughts about all that stuff make sure you check out our represent store get that new t-shirt design as soon as you can because it's good stuff and of course check out the patreon page for all the bonus goodies thank you guys again for tuning in I appreciate the continued love and support we will be back on Friday as we review Friday night Smackdown as of course it is the uh, the fallout from <laughs> the fallout from crown jewel and uh, i'm telling you a lot of people are going to be jet lagged and tired for sure thank you guys again for tuning in i appreciate the continued love and support take care and as always take it easy thanks for listening make sure to watch the okay Fabe show follow him on twitter at okay Fabe and like over on facebook.com slash okay This is the OK Fave Show.